you're welcome to grab your Bibles if you'd like to and open to Acts chapter 1. Uh, we're just going to look at a couple verses today, so you'll be able to uh, listen and engage as well. But uh, if you want to follow along, uh, the Bible is there in the pew back in front of you. And if you don't own a hard copy of the Bible, uh, we would love for you to take that one home with you. We really want everybody to have a copy of the Word of God, a physical copy. And uh, if you didn't come in with one, we would love for you to go out with one. So we'd love for you to have that. We began a series last week which I creatively titled The Acts of the Apostles because we're studying the Acts of the Apostles. Um, I, I had like four or five different titles that I really liked and I didn't settle on anything, so we went with Acts of the Apostles. So uh, we're jumping into what's going to be a pretty long series over the course of the next year and a half, probably on and off, uh, walking through this really pivotal book in the New Testament. Uh, the last of the more historical accounts before uh, the scriptures start to move into the letters of Paul and some of the other apostles. And so we began in Acts chapter 1, and today we're going to kind of zero in just on three verses at the beginning of Acts chapter 1, because most theologians would say that uh, unlike typical Hebrew thought, where uh, the thesis is right in the center of the book, that this is one of those rare places that's Hebrew literature, but it actually has the thesis at the front of the book in the same way that we would in Western literature. So uh, most theologians agree that Acts 1 verse 8 is really the thesis statement for the entire book, and we will come back to it a ton as we walk through the book. But today I want to zero in on that and a specific aspect of that. And so for that, uh, Jeff and Aaron Bean are here to read for us just three verses, uh, Acts 1, 6, 7, and 8. So would you listen as they read? So when the disciples had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Would you pray with me? Jesus, as we engage your word today, would you give us grace to hear what it is that you're calling us to do with maybe new ears and with a new perspective and like the disciples to receive power to do it. And so God, would you come and empower right now the declaration of your word as we go through our morning this morning, uh, empower also the hearing of the word that we would uh, not just hear, but do what you call us to do. And so God, Go before us, I pray. Uh, would you guard my words that they would come from you alone, that the words that come from my strength would fall to the ground and be forgotten, but the words that come from your spirit would remain, that they would penetrate our hearts and that we would be different people because of the work that you're doing among us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this pivotal verse, Jesus speaks to his disciples and he says, you, you, you need to wait because... Power is going to come upon you uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit that you would be witnesses. And so what I want to look at this morning is what it means for us to be a witness. What, what does it mean to be a witness? And to do that, uh, I am going to uh, need a couple volunteers. We're going to have volunteers 
early and late. The volunteers early need to be 18 and under, and the volunteers late need to be 18 and over. So if you're 18, you can go any direction you want, but otherwise we need 18 and under, and we need 18 and over. So I need three 18 and over volunteers. There's one, come on up, Will, that's great. Oh, you're no, that's right, but I'll take you now. If you want to be a volunteer, I'll take you now. That's great. I'm, I'm looking for under 18 right now. That's good. Yeah, I got Rooker too. That's great. And I need, I, we need a female. Let's see. We, you guys are jumping up. Yeah. You, you look like you're way over 18. <laughs> Your hand's up, but you're like, no, I'm over 18. No, I need under 18 still. I need under 18? Where do we got? What do we got? Where are we pointing at? Oh, we, already have, we already have a Norman. We can't take two Normans. Oh, my goodness. I can't handle two Normans. Yeah, one, one here. That's right. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Well, only one of you, though. Yeah, okay. Come on up. Okay. So now I need somebody to volunteer to go first. Who would like to go first? Rooker's going to go first. So I need the two of you over here. Now, come on over. So I'm going to put you in this headphone right here. Okay. You can sit down. Just sit down. Chill. Now, can you hear me right now? Nope. Can you hear me now? Can you hear anything I'm saying? No. Okay, good. Okay. Come on over here. Okay. Here you go. Put that on. Ooh, don't, not, yeah, let's try to put them on your ears. Okay. There we go. Okay. Awesome. Now, let me get you started here. Okay. Can you hear me? Haha. <laughs> not at all. Love it. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Good. Come on up here, Rooker. Okay. So, um, to be a witness means that we need to both observe and be able to speak back. And so what we're going to do, it is not, we're about 25 minutes into our gathering today, and I'm going to ask Rooker first some questions about what has just happened in the last 25 minutes. You ready? Okay. So first, can you tell me one of the songs that we sang this morning? Uh, we sang the Hallelujah one. The Very nice. Yeah, good. And you jumped up and down and stuff. Yeah, that was great. Okay. Um, so who were the two gathering hosts this morning? Taylor and some dude. Mr. KG. Mr. KG. That's right. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, good. Um, do, do you remember any of the announcements that they gave us? Uh, the baptisms on June 4th. Nice. I, the reason, see, see the reason? Yeah. Way to go. Good job. The reason we did under 18 was the over 18 had no shot at answering any of these questions. Like, you, seriously, you have no clue. Okay. Um, so when you looked up on stage at the worship team this morning, how many people were on the worship team? You have a second to think. Add in your head. How many people were on the worship team? Like seven or eight. Okay. Seven or eight. Good. Um, wh what color shirt was the piano player wearing? Ooh. You guys are like, I have no idea. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Any, any, any thought? Gray? Gray? Question mark. Okay. What about the drummer? I don't know. No, no idea. You want to pick, just guess, what color shirt might he have been wearing? Pick something fun. Blue. Blue. We'll go blue. Okay. What, what about the female worship leader? What was she wearing today? A flowered something. Flowered dress. Yeah, very nice. There's a, there was a video that, oh, that we skipped. Oh, never. <laughs> and the guys are like, yeah, yeah, don't ask about the video because you just skipped it. Right. We're going to hit that in a minute, though, as we transition. So don't you worry about a thing. There we go. Nice. This is live, live stuff, man. It's so much fun. That's good. You did a great job. That was excellent. Way to go. Okay, now you're going to come down here and get a, get a headphone. All right, here you go. Come on. Take your headphones off. You come up here and talk to me. Yeah, there you go. You put those on. Okay, here you go. 
Is it good to give him a live mic? That's not a problem, right? Okay. Yeah, great. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, Will, how are you, man? Good. You got to talk into the microphone. Good. You're good. Okay. Um, do you remember any of the songs that we sang this morning? Can you, you, can't think, can you think of one? No, not at all. Okay. Um, what about who were the two gathering hosts this morning? I forget their names. Well, you can describe them to me here. You can tell me like anything about them, anything at all, nothing. Mm, okay. There's a girl and a guy. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you remember any announcements that they gave us? Uh, something about the blah blah blah. The blah blah blah. That's actually, uh, <laughs> actually, a lot of people heard the same thing that you did. So that's that's excellent. Yeah, that's great. That's very good. Um, what about this? How many people were on the worship team today? You can add in your head. What do you think? How many people? You got to talk in there? Ten. Wow, very nice. Okay, good, good. What, what color shirt was the piano player wearing? Blue. Hmm? What'd you say? Blue. Blue, very nice. What, what color shirt was the drummer wearing? Black. Okay, good, good guess. What about the female worship leader? What was she wearing today? Like a light brown kind of. Uh, light what? Like the girl that the, was Right like, here in the middle, yeah. Like a light brown color. A light brown color, okay, okay. Um, and, and I was going to ask you about the video that I didn't show, so you did a great job. Good job, good job. Way to go. Yeah. Come over here. Yeah, come over here. All right, your turn. Now... Once we bring up the girl, everything's going to be better, right? You got this under control, right? Yeah, okay. I knew it. I knew you'd have it. All right. All right. She's ready to go. Fired up. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you questions about the last 25 minutes. You ready? <laughs> okay. We're going to try. Do you remember any of the songs that we sang this morning? No, none? Like, do you have a guess at any song that we sang? Do you remember any of them? No. Okay. Okay. We'll skip that one. Do you remember the names of either of the gathering hosts. They introduced themselves to you. Do you remember their names? Mm, no. What about announcements? Do you remember anything they announced? No. Do you remember anything they talked about at all? Anything come to mind? No, not, not so much? Okay, okay. Um, how about this? How many people were on the worship team? Do you have a guess? Thinking in your head, adding up. Do you have, how many do you think were on the worship team? Seven or eight. Seven or eight. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, what color shirt was the piano player wearing? Any idea? No? You want to guess? No? How about the drummer? You, guess, guess for the drummer because it'll be fun. What color shirt might he have been wearing? Any guess? No guess? What about what the female worship leader was wearing. Do you remember that? Can you think? No? No? Ah! Okay, so here's what we're going to do. You keep holding the mic because you're safer with the mic anyway than these boys are. Okay. <laughs> you can, yep, I, I think you're watching videos now. Come on. Okay, come on over here. <laughs> okay. So now I'm going to ask you the same questions, but I'm going to ask you, the, and you guys can talk about it and tell me what you think the answer is, okay? So I need you to come up with the songs that we sang this morning. Talk amongst yourself, figure out what songs we sang this morning. I 
Okay, so what, what, what songs did you come up with? Yeah, okay, no problem. The Alleluia one, and then, do you remember what it was called? No, okay. No, it's called the doxology. That's a pretty tricky song. And then the new one, I don't, I don't even know the other one, so it's okay. Um, so so what, what were the names of the gathering hosts? Talk amongst yourselves, see if you can figure out. Okay, so, so what would you come up with? Uh, Mr. KG and Taylor. Okay. What announcements did they make this morning? To warn about baptisms and others. Okay. Just the baptism one. Just the baptism one? Okay. Um, how many people were on stage? One of you got that right. Like 10. Ten, good job, very nice. What color shirt was the worship, uh, the, sorry, the piano player wearing? The piano player. Blue. Nice. What color shirt was the drummer wearing? Nobody knows, he's buried back in there anyway. That's right, like who can see him? Don't know? No, no guess? What, what about the female worship leader? What was she wearing? Pink? It, had, it so, had flowers on it. It so had flowers on it. So I, I think you might be talking about two different females who are here, so we're going to see in just a minute. But the female worship leader, you're going to go with a flower dress, right? Yeah, okay, right? very good, very good. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back out, and we're going to count them as they come. So let's, let's see what we got. See what we got. They fell asleep back there. Oh, oh, we got a flower dress. Very good. Very nice. Way to go. Good. Yeah. Max is wearing... Purple. You didn't have that? I don't understand. Yeah, lavender. We're going to go with lavender. So it's Max back there wearing lavender. Yeah. But look at that. A blue shirt for the piano player. Way to go, Will. Nice. Good job. And do a quick count for me. How many you got? Ten. Ten. Way to go. Good job. You got, you got it. Way to go, man. <laughs> nice. Good job. All right. You guys, are, you guys are great. Have a seat. Well done. Good, good, good job. So, so to be a witness, one of the things we have to do is observe. Um, so you saw that to various levels. I'm just saying you saw it to a way better level than if we'd have called three adults up here because there's zero chance that you guys would have known any of the stuff that was going on. Uh, so you have to observe, but then you have to be able to say it back, right? You have to be able to, to declare to other people. But what happens when we hear witness, we tend to think in our very individualistic culture, we tend to think about individuals being a witness, to, to have one person witnessing to another person. But what you just saw is multiplied out by hundreds of us that when we have multiple witnesses together, we see the same thing, we experience the same thing from different perspectives, and we give a much fuller view of what happened. So when you got the three of them together talking, all of a sudden they have a much fuller view of what they experienced than just one of them did individually. In the same way, when we experience the kingdom and we witness to the kingdom, to the world around us, when that happens individually, there's one perspective. But when that happens communally, we embody a full other perspective of one another's different perspectives in the way that we see the kingdom, the way that we've experienced Jesus, the way that we journey with him. So when we hear, be witnesses, we need to hear, first of all, that we're to observe, engage, experience, and then speak it, but that we do that most effectively in community with one another so that we can fully represent the gospel. So we're asking that question, 
what does it look like to witness, to be empowered to witness? And uh, one of the things that we said was that we observe and speak, and we do that better in community, but that's not the extent of it. I want us to uh, look at a different aspect, and I think maybe the most important aspect of what it means for us to be witnesses. And to do that, I'm going to need two more volunteers. So now we're looking at over 18, and I need not only over 18, but I'm looking for somebody specific, two people, who are good with both music and words. So you need to be able to understand and engage music pretty well and write pretty well. And when I say write pretty well, I mean legibly because I need to be able to read it after you're done. So I'm looking for people, and I know people that I can call on, but I will take volunteers if you would rather. So I'm looking for, can you write legibly, Luke? All right. You sure? Okay, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not making a critique. I've never seen your writing. I don't know, but okay, come on up here. I need one more, one more person who's able to do that. Just hang with me for a minute. Who's, who's over there? Anybody? Anybody? I'm, I'm going to have to pick somebody. Is that Craig? Oh, Craig can do it. Awesome. Great. Come on up. Okay, there we go. All right, yeah, give these guys a hand. You, you, you don't know yet how hard of work they're going to have to do. So here's, here's what I'm asking you guys to do. You're going to put those headphones on right there, and you're going to have a, uh, a clipboard. And what I, I'm going to ask you to do is there's a song queued up. Here you go. Um, you can't hear me anymore. You might want to the headphones off until I'm done talking. Never, never mind. Okay, so, um, so what you're going to do is you're going to hit play on that song, and you're going to listen to it. And what I want you guys to do, yeah, oh, Lindsay, come on. Lindsay, so poor Lindsay has to do all of this stuff today. I'm explaining to her what we're going to try to do. And Pastor Tim's standing over there and he goes, I did that job for 25 years. I never had to do anything that hard. (laughs) Welcome to the job, Lindsay. It's great to have you. Yeah, that's awesome. So what I'm going to ask you guys to do is I want you to listen to the song that is queued up. Let me make sure yours is right because we got this all messed up. Okay, yep, good. I want you to listen to the song that's queued up. I want you to write in words what you're hearing. So I want you to describe the song through words. All right? You understand what you're doing? Yeah. All right. Take it away. And you just keep repeating it because I'll talk for a bit. All right. Good. Okay. So as they do that exercise, I uh, want us to think through the idea of describing music. Have you ever tried to describe music before? I, I want to use that as a paradigm for describing in words the kingdom of God. Listen again to what I believe is the thesis statement of the book of Acts. This is just verse 8. Let me read for you one more time, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So there's two aspects of what Jesus is saying. You're going to receive power for the purpose of being my witness, right? So there's a power that's going to be coming, and the purpose of that power is witness. So that's what I want to look at this morning. The, the power that's coming and the purpose that that power has. Purpose, po- sorry, power, and then purpose. So beginning, the first thing that Jesus says is, there's going to be a, a, a power that's going to come upon you. What's that power do? What's that look like? Well, let me try to give you an illustration. Some of you know, uh, about 18 months ago, uh, my family and I moved to the west side of York, and when we moved, 
Um, It didn't dawn on me when we moved in like November, December, that spring was going to come and all of this green grass around my my house was going to have to be cut at some point in time. So about March 1st, I had the realization, ooh, I need to cut the lawn and my lawnmower doesn't start right now because it really needs to be serviced. And so I called up the lawnmower servicing people and they said, you know, it's March 1st, right? when every single person in York County wants to have their lawnmower serviced. And I was like, oh yeah, that's going to be a bit of a problem. So like six weeks later, they're going to be able to get this to me. Well, if you picture the six weeks between March 1st and the middle of April, there's some grass growing that's happening during that time. And I'm just looking and I'm thinking, like, they're going to throw me out of this new neighborhood. Like, they're going to toss me right out. Because like, this, is, this is not appropriate. I mean, it's looking, it's getting higher and higher and higher. I'm thinking, like, well, I have, I have three boys and I have four pair of scissors, so we could like start to, like, I, I'm quite literally waiting for power and I'm thinking, well, if all I got scissors, that's all I got, right? And if we, I, I didn't do that, but if I had sent all of us out with scissors and we would have cut the grass, it would have been incredibly inefficient. Um, it would have been done very poorly and we would not have, we have taken a lot of time to not achieve the end goal, right? That's, that's what would have happened uh, and I would have gotten yelled at by my kids the entire time, right? It would have been terrible. Uh, ultimately, I did get the lawnmower back. I did get the power I needed. But, but that, that way of thinking is part of our problem. When we think about witnessing, when we witness within our own strength, it's about as efficient and effective as mowing the grass with scissors. It's just like, it doesn't work. We're not capable of it. So when Jesus says, you're going to receive power, what he's saying is there's a a necessary thing that's coming to you in order to be my witness. But if we just take that logically, we have to come to the conclusion that witness must mean something other than just connecting who Jesus is to the Old Testament law and prophets. Because you don't really need the power of the Spirit for that. Those disciples, knowing the Old Testament as they did, could have pieced together all of the different parts of the scriptures. And while they may not have had it exact and they needed maybe the power of the Spirit for a little bit more clarity and effectiveness, they, they could have spoken the gospel almost without the power of the Spirit. Now, you can make the argument they needed the power of the Spirit a bit, but that would be like me saying, um, I need to get rid of a groundhog in my backyard, so I'm going to use an atomic bomb. It's a little over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's a lot for, if, if all witnessing is, is just saying the truth, the power of the Spirit seems like it's overkill. Unless what Jesus is inviting them into is something different than just speaking words. What's the purpose of the power of the Spirit? Well, when the the Spirit comes upon us in power, what should be happening is not just words, but also deeds, living. What uh, Steve Straw, our missionary in Gabon, likes to say, he likes to call it show and tell. God empowers us for the show and tell of the kingdom. So you see this in uh, the Gospel of Matthew. You have uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest crowd teaching of Jesus. For three chapters, Jesus is talking about what the kingdom looks like. But then immediately as it goes into Matthew 8, there's another three chapters of Jesus doing miracles and acts of mercy and caring for people, embodying the kingdom. So you have this back and forth of, of a declaration of the kingdom, but also a, uh, an explanation of the kingdom through living, not just through, uh, through words, but through deeds. 
Uh, The purpose of the Spirit is that we would have this power that's flowing through us. Um, Simon Ponsonby, in his book, More, says this about the Spirit. He says, to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to leave no room to be filled with anything else. Now, what's fascinating about that is that he's saying there's a, there's a positive work of the Spirit. The Spirit comes to empower us, to strengthen us, to do something. But there's also a negative work of the Spirit, where the Spirit is driving out the stuff that's not of the Spirit. So when we're being empowered to do the work of God, he is giving us what we need. He's given us strength, and he's given us wisdom, and he's given us clarity and ability, and all of the gifts of the Spirit that he's putting into us. But he's also driving out from us the stuff that is not of the kingdom so that we would embody the kingdom, not just speak the kingdom. Our lives, empowered by the Spirit, the purpose of the Spirit, the power that comes upon us, our lives are to point to the kingdom of God. And you may say, what does that look like? What practically, what's it look like for us to point to the kingdom of God? Well, do you know anybody who's ever run a marathon? If you know somebody who's run a marathon, you'll know because within five minutes of having a conversation with them, they will tell you about having run a marathon. And I'm not, I'm not picking on them. Like, look, if I had run 26 miles straight, I would tell you about it too. I mean, look, sometimes I drive 26 miles straight and I'm pretty impressed with myself. So uh, it's, it's seriously, it's, 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 I get it. I get it. But that's what happens, right? Your life points to it. Or um, five minutes for a marathon, three minutes for a CrossFit person, which may or may not be a cult, um, probably is a cult. I'm just saying, I mean, if, if it fits. So, but you, if you're talking to somebody who does CrossFit, they're going to immediately tell you about their gym and all the stuff that they did and how many reps they did of burpees and stuff. I don't even understand. Like they just, they, their life points to it, right? The, the gospel is to be like that. That as our lives are filled with the kingdom, as we're empowered by the spirit, our life points to something very specific. We're supposed to be pointing people to Jesus because we're living in the flow of Jesus. Somewhere along the lines, we got this idea that to witness means to have this very awkward conversation with someone about uh, an experience that we had at some point in the past that we're trying to sell them on. We're trying to explain to them through words. But you don't need the power of the Spirit for that. That's a, that's a whole different thing for you to uh, be empowered to live versus just speaking words. Um, I used to do a lot of theater directing, and um, there's two different ways I figured out very early on to direct uh, a, a play or a musical. Uh, one of them is to sit in the second row, look up on stage, and tell the people, uh, move over here, do that. Like, uh, next time you come around, come around with a little bit more force, you do it that way. Or you come up on stage, and you can say, okay, so when you come over here, here, stand right here and watch me. And then you can, you can show them what it is that you want them to do, which is so much more effective, right? To be able to show and not just tell. When we embody the kingdom, the call of the gospel is that we would be empowered to live the kingdom in front of people in a way that shows them, doesn't just tell them. But the, the challenge that we have, that we live within, is that we are um, part of a church that is lumped into this idea that the church is opposed to things, not in favor of things. That the church is largely 
oppositional and antagonistic and negative rather than embodying the characteristics of Jesus. And so if we are to be empowered by the Spirit in a way that becomes witnesses to the kingdom, that kingdom needs to be in the flow of Jesus, not just anti all the stuff of the world around us. And so we need to be people who are filled up in a way that would invite people into the life of the kingdom in a, um, a, a, a powerful kind of winsome kind of way. Why is the church struggling? Well, I think one of the reasons the church, uh, by the way, mostly in North America and the West, the church is flourishing in the global South. But one of the reasons why the church is struggling in the North America and in the West is because we have tried to explain the kingdom without living and embodying the kingdom, without inviting people into the kingdom. We've tried to explain the music, but we haven't given people an opportunity to listen to the music. Like, can you imagine if you were trying to explain music, but you you didn't have a, a phone with you or any way to play the music, and so you were just trying to kind of explain it in words. You were trying to um, kind of uh, like write words down that explain the music, but you, you didn't have access to the immersive experience of listening to the music. So instead, you're trying to like explain the chord progressions, and you're trying to memorize the lyrics, and you're trying to uh, explain to them the way those lyrics flow. Like, it, it, would, it would be flat in a different kind of way. Speaking of that, let's uh, see how these guys are doing. So, um, do, you, do, you have, do you have a, a, a finished product? Yeah. yeah, all right, all right. So let me see what you got. Uh, I'm going to read this for you. Assu- <laughs> all right, so, so I'm going to... Um, <laughs> I'm going to describe to you this song. I want to see if you, see if you know this song. I'm, I'm so glad you came up here to do this, man. That's awesome. Okay, okay, so here. This is a, a classical music kind of sample that moves into a folk song. It sounds a little bit like a Target commercial. Can you get that in your head? Um, it's maybe in Danish, but he's not sure. A little bit of Beatles knockoffs in here. Drums exactly like Ringo. Drums exactly like Ringo. You got that? Uh, the piano's out of tune. Interesting. Okay. Uh, the mix is crazy loud. Uh, brass and strings are piercing. I don't think he likes this song. Uh, every instrument and vocals gets lost in the mix. Um, when the song builds, it's just literal noise. Uh, the climax is to a wall of noise. I, really, I think you loved it, as far as I can tell. Okay, hold on. Um, so another perspective. Now, remember we said to witness, two different perspectives is helpful, so I'm sure you're going to get it now. Um, old-timey sounding band intro that's distant, but then the real intro is something you'd use for an Operation White Rose video. Ah, nice, huh? Yeah, yeah, nice, nice, yeah. Um, it, is this English? Um, no, is the answer to that question. Um, Meg would like this. Okay, so there you go. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the, the beat's on one and three, so she doesn't have to check where to clap. That's nice. That was very good. Yeah, very nice. Yep. The piano's driving it. Um, there's, there's really pretty strings, but it's definitely not English, maybe Swedish. Uh, it sounds like an angel chorus in the background. That's way nicer than anything you said. Anything you said. Um, I, I would physically be incapable of not clapping to this. The music is out and the back buildup is the best. There's a brass, brass finish for the win. Overall, it captures the universal connection of music. I know these words are hopeful and celebratory in whatever language they're in. Did you get that song? 
Now, can you picture? Can you picture what that song is? That you're seeing in a minute. It's a really good description. But here's the thing: when we get up enough nerve to talk to somebody about the kingdom, if what we're doing is talking to people about the kingdom, we've gotten up all this nerve, and it sounds like that. It, it's this like. It's kind of like this, and it's kind of like this, and it's kind of like this. Why? Because witnessing is not supposed to be simply in words. It, it, it sounds very different when you're immersing somebody in the experience of the kingdom. So now, listen as I read some of these characteristics. So here's the old-timey band in the intro. Distance. It's the classical musical sample. But now we have a folk song coming in. It's a, a real intro, like you'd use for an Operation White Rose video. It kind of sounds like a Target commercial, a little bit. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. There's, um, uh, th there's this kind of movement forward. Meg would like it. Stop on one and three, right? It's definitely not English. So you're listening to whatever it is that's being said. That's definitely not English. There's a piano. It's driving above all of it, but the drum, drums sound just like Ringo. Like, anyway, yeah, drums sound just like Ringo. Um, the, the mix is loud, and as the process builds, there's kind of like this angel chorus in the background. You hear that? Maybe like the keys that are like kind of floating in the background. It's almost like it, it's hard not to kind of bump to it a little bit, right? There's some kind of like a rhythm here, this driving thing that's here. You, you, you start to get a sense that there's this flow to the music where the words and the experience together feel like something different than just the words on their own. It, it's almost like if this was an example of the kingdom, the kingdom is like a song that rather than just having words to describe it, I, I listen to and I immerse myself in in such a way that that immersive experience becomes all of my life. And I start to organize my, my home and my job and my family all around this song so that I can constantly be listening to and living this song in this uh, kind of uh, unique way. And, and as I start to live like that and everything around my life starts to shape that way, now I can invite other people to experience that song with me. I can, uh, I can play it for them and I can talk to them about it and I can tell them where I'm finding hope and where, where all of these different pieces fit together. It's almost like the idea of the kingdom being like a, a pearl that's really, really expensive. The best pearl that you could possibly imagine that you would sell everything that you have to get it. And when you get it, you wouldn't keep it in the back room, but you would take the pearl out and you'd show people. Like, you, you wouldn't just say, you, sh you, you can't imagine how pure it is and how perfectly rounded. You'd bring it out and you'd show them. Look at this. Look how amazing it is. Or, or it's kind of like a, a treasure that's buried in a field where you would sell everything that you have in order to take all of your resources and buy the field so you can get the treasure. And, and then you wouldn't just have it and then you'd like live somewhere else, right? You, you'd bring people to where the treasure is. You'd show them the treasure. You'd explain the treasure to them. It's kind of like yeast in dough where if you really immerse yourself in it, 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 it starts to get through every single aspect of life. There's not an aspect of life that the yeast doesn't touch within the dough. The kingdom is like a song that we're inviting people into. And the problem that we have 
is that we hear witness and what we think is I need to tell somebody some truth so that they can agree with me. They can believe the same thing I believe. But when Jesus says that he's going to empower us to be witnesses, he's not empowering us to speak words. He's empowering us to live a certain kind of life that invites other people into that life so that like this song, we can immerse ourselves in it. And, and we may not know all the words and we may not know what all the words mean, but we can begin to invite somebody into it even if we don't know all of them. I have no idea what this is Icelandic, by the way. I, I don't know what they're saying in Icelandic, but I know that there's this beautiful experience that we're being invited into. Beautiful for everybody but Luke who hated it, but... Oh, okay, just, yeah. Descriptive. Okay, there you go. You're being descriptive. There you go. That was good. That was good. So thanks, guys. Well done. Thank you so much. Good job. When Jesus says, I'm going to send you power, I'm going to empower you to be witnesses, what he's saying is that there's an invitation into the lived kingdom, not just the spoken kingdom, but the lived kingdom. So when he says, be witnesses to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, he's not saying, take these words and go speak them in those places. What he's saying is, live in a community that represents the kingdom in these places. Create that kind of kingdom community in Jerusalem or right here in York. Create that kind of community in Judea or in Spring Grove or Hanover or Shrewsbury or Wrightsville or Dover or East Berlin. Create that kind of community. Create that kind of community in a place where people aren't like you. So whether it be Samaria or whether it be places where people don't look like you or think like you or don't have the same background as you, don't have the same socioeconomic history that you have, go create the kingdom in that space. Go create the kingdom. Go, go develop and live the kingdom and invite people into the experience of the kingdom to the ends of the earth with people who don't speak the same language as you and have the same cultures and customs and the same invitation into the gospel as you. Go create that kind of kingdom life there. Jesus is inviting us not to speak the kingdom, but to live the kingdom, to experience the kingdom, and to invite other people into the experience of the kingdom. How does that happen? Only through the power of the Spirit. So you can say the words in your own strength, but as the community develops around you, the community of people who you love and are connected to and also annoy the heck out of you, right? Because that's what community is all about. You need the power of the Spirit. It doesn't work otherwise. You need the power of the Spirit if we're to invite people in to that kind of experience. So as we go through the book of Acts, I want you to think in terms of not just speaking words. That's not what the disciples did. When they were empowered by the Spirit, some spoke, some lived, some gave, some served. They all jumped in with their gifts and embodied the kingdom, and they, didn't, they invited people into it. That's what we're called to do. And so, friends, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever 
and ever. Amen. As you go, live the kingdom. Invite others into the experience of the kingdom. Go in grace and peace. Happy Mother's Day, everybody.